into this word. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Y'all, I could run right there. Thanks be to God who always causes us I said, thanks be to God who always causes us. Y'all see, that's going to mess around and get a hold of somebody. Lord, I might not look like I'm triumphing now. <laughs> somebody needs to say, but give me a minute. <laughs> just, just, just give me a minute. <laughs> just, just, oh man. You know how whoosh, the stores are already putting out clothes for the next season? And you go in there and you start grabbing stuff. It ain't time for you to wear it yet. But you already have put an investment in what you gonna put on in your next season. Somebody just shout, give me a minute. Yeah, 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 see it might not be your season now, but give me just a minute. Man, listen, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all, as you see on the screen, our subtitle for today is Don't Stop Short. Don't stop, say, Don't Stop Short. Don't talk to your neighbor, talk to yourself. Self, don't stop short. I'll give it to you another way. Say, self, don't give up now. Tell yourself one more thing. Self, you too close. <laughs> Bishop, I feel like I'm real far away. You always feel like you far away to a destination you ain't been before. wasn't on nobody's page. You always feel like, why you say that, Bishop? Watch. Because when I've been there before, I know what landmarks to look out for. But when I'm going to a destination I ain't never been to before, I have no idea what the surroundings look like. So here it is. I think I'm real far. Because I ain't got no idea how close I really am. So let me speak to you as somebody who is at a place where you trying to, y'all, I'm not speaking from arrogance. It's my job to go before you. I'm trying to tell y'all, don't stop now. 
you real close. You know the trip you taking, you always saying, are we there yet? You better allow the Holy Ghost to be your GPS. I'm completely okay if I don't get through these notes today. I'm going to take my time. Say what the Lord said. I have been working for the last six weeks on this posture of manifestation. The posture of purity is our first posture. Next, we will dig into the posture of obedience. Then we'll deal with the posture of patience. At times, I've wanted to rush. At times, I've wanted to hurry up. But God told me that today was a day of manifestation. Some of my peers call it activations. Have no problem with that. Ultimately, today I want us to see what he said. You see, if we teach about it but don't see it, some of us will never believe that it's real. It's a place people of God, that I actually want us to mature in. That is the place of expectation. Where you come in and you say, God, I know you're going to do something today. As a matter of fact, to begin, <clears throat> I want to show you what Paul said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Yep, would be one of those days where my clicker, there it is. It's, I got it. It was just angry. When I came to you, brethren, I didn't come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Pay attention to Paul. Paul said, I came to you and I wanted what you wanted. Paul said, I was trying to get there too. It wasn't like I came to you all big and boastful. I didn't come to you saying I'm all that. My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. Watch this. But in demonstration. Oh, talk to us, Paul. In demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Say, and of power. That's going to come back in a second. In demonstration of the Spirit, and of power. 
Look at what Paul said. He says, I wasn't trying to make y'all think I was smart. I just start showing you he was real. Unfortunately, Eric, we got a lot of people behind the sacred desk that preach great sermons with no demonstration. You can give me the history, the context. You exegete the text well. I am in awe with your exegetical and hermeneutical prowess. I am taken aback by your ability to rightly define with precision the word of truth. However, Paul said, I could have came to you like that. But instead, Corinth, because Corinth was messed up. Watch this. It's not that Paul couldn't do it because when Paul got to the book of Acts and he was preaching and he went to the pagans, he tore them up with his knowledge. But at Corinth, where it was a hodgepodge crew, people who live in any old type of way, he said, look, I didn't come to you smart. I came to you powerful. I didn't tell you what degree I had. I just let you see me lay hands and people recover. Because something happens, y'all, when you sit there and you take notes and then your notes start playing out in your eyes. We have seen in this house miracles. We have seen in this house signs. They're in the room today. Today, I want to take it a step further. Why did he do it? So that your faith would not rest. Paul said, the reason I had to show you is because I didn't want your faith to rest in my spiritual acumen. But I wanted you to have faith in God. See, it's easy to get all enamored with our heroes. They show did preach. But I'm trying to get us to a place where we go, God show did move. So what do we want to see manifest? Over the last six weeks, y'all, the takeaway has been simple. We need the Holy Ghost. All of us in this room, no matter where you sit, no matter where you stand, we all need the Holy Ghost. Oh, no, not me, Bishop. I'm, I'm good. No, you need the Holy Ghost. No, 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 Bishop. See, I don't have a title. You need the Holy Ghost to live. No, 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 Bishop. I'm not a deacon. I'm not an elder. I'm, I'm, not, I'm none of those things. No, 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 no. You need the Holy Ghost for your coworker. Amen. For your brother, your sister, your auntie, Nim, you need the Holy Ghost. Come on now. We need the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we need to kill the flesh. 
We need to remove any and all roadblocks in between us and seeing what God said. Look at this text. I've, I've, I've done it a couple of times. Look at Romans 8. I'm running through these first couple real fast. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Look, if, circle it. If, circle it. If, highlight it. If, underline it. If, put an asterisk by it. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, not visits you, dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. I need that. I need that. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of what? But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brother, watch. We are, this is the verse that gets uncomfortable. We are under obligation. What's the next word? Wait, 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 slow. We are under obligation. Next word. One more time. We are under obligation. Next word. Okay, now the way that the NASB, the King James, reads it, the sentence seems a little funny because it starts, we are under obligation. But that next word is what makes it make sense, not to the flesh. In other words, I am not required to do what the flesh wants me to do. I'm not required. If I am operating in the flesh, it's a decision, not a mandate. I am not required to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. If by the Spirit, say by the Spirit. If by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the what? Sons of God. Say, I need the Holy Ghost. Here's the issue. You can know you need something and still resist it. Hello? I said you can know you need something and still resist it. I'm taking my time, y'all. We often in this room stop short of full victory. Y'all hear me? We do enough to say to ourselves, I tried, y'all. Huh? Many of us right now in this room, you've done enough to say to yourself and your non-saved friends, I gave it my best, y'all. I tried. But watch this. The standard of best is not people. The standard of best is the Lord. You can't say you've done everything you're supposed to do because people agree. There's always going to be somebody in your circle that says, if I was you, I'd give up too. But when Jesus was dying, there's a lot of people who would have stopped at the Last Supper. There's a lot of people who would have stopped as soon as Peter betrayed them. There's a lot of people who would have stopped when Jesus turned his back. 
stopped when he was spit on, stopped when they ripped his clothes off, stopped when they gave him a cross, stopped as the cross got heavy, but Jesus kept going when many of us would stop. And last time I checked, that's my benchmark. The old folk used to sing a song, I'm going with Jesus all the way. Huh? My grandparents would get to singing that song. They'd get to rocking. I'm going with Jesus all the way. Then it get good to them when they say all the way from earth to heaven. Y'all don't. See, we don't sing them type of songs all the way. I'm going with Jesus. I just used to sit there and I'd be singing with them. I'm, what you mean all the way? <laughs> How long that? All the way. See, I'm going to stick with the Lord even when you don't stick with him. I'm going to stick with the Lord when it's not popular. I'm going to stick with the Lord when you say it's too much. I'm going to stick with the Lord when you tell me I would give up. I got to stick with Jesus because he's the only one who's been there for me. He's the only one that's never left me. He's been consistent. I'm going to stick. With, I'm going with God. But here's the thing, y'all. The harder the instruction gets, the more we resist it. One more time. The harder the instruction, the more we resist it. Folk don't resist giving when you tell them about the return. But they would resist giving if you told them give because you love and you're not guaranteed nothing back. See, when we make this text, if you do, he will as opposed to do it because I said so. We're trying to create incentive-based connectivity to the Lord, and that ain't the way this works. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a subject like this. Some of us in this room, as I've been teaching, we're stopping short. Lord, I, okay, I'm going to do everything Bishop said, except this Holy Ghost part. Because that ain't making no sense to me. I'm going to keep working on forgiving. I'm going to keep working on being bitter. I'm going to keep working on it. But I ain't doing none of that praying in the spirit stuff. No. No, not me. We don't do no praying in the spirit. We ain't doing it because I halfway pray in English. So. We ain't doing none of that because it don't make no sense to me. But watch this. You need the Holy Ghost to forgive. You need the Holy Ghost to be a parent. You need the Holy Ghost, watch this, to be married. Y'all don't want to say nothing to me. That's what's wrong in the church now. You got folk trying to be married off of makeup and sex. I said it. That ain't going to be enough. You need the Holy Ghost. Y'all can look at me sideways if you want. Because the world tells you to do all that food. Listen, ain't nothing wrong with being romantic, but there's something wrong when you got to put your romance in front of people to prove that you in love. I done seen more risque hood walking crap on Instagram and Facebook. Come on, keep that to your bedroom. You got to prove to everybody that you connected to your mate. You got to prove to everybody that you in love by putting out yourself about what you do and how you look. You, you look crazy. 
I walked into my house, look how he got my bed set up. Shut up. Take that off of social media. Look what I walked into. Huh? You got Teddy P playing in the background. Talk about God going to be good tonight. See, that's your problem. Now, y'all can look at me like y'all want me to hush if you want to. But here's the problem. This is why you got the devil in your relationship. Because you got too many people in your bedroom. Shouldn't nobody know what color your sheets are? If you kept some of this stuff out of their ears, maybe they would stay out your ear. Got people without a relationship giving you counsel on your relationship. You need the Holy Ghost. Bishop, why you always talk about relationships and marriage and stuff? Because that's what makes us up. Bishop, it seems like every Sunday you're going to talk about marriage until the day I die. You know why? Because let me tell you something. Marriage, according to Ephesians, is, watch this, what the world sees as how the church operates. When he gave the text on marriage in Ephesians 5, after he gets done telling the man and the wife how to treat them, each other and the children, he goes on to say, it's a mystery. I'm really talking about the church. So for all of y'all who want me to hush talking about marriage, you want me to hush talking about church. I can't get the church right if I ain't got the marriage right. Furthermore, but I ain't married, so I feel like I'm missing out. We the bride. When I'm teaching about marriage, I'm actually teaching about our relationship to Christ. And for everybody who say they don't need a man, you also saying you don't need Jesus. Quiet. So some of us stop short of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will make you do some stuff you don't want to do. Say some things you don't want to say. And what I'm telling you today is Jesus literally commanded people to receive the Holy Spirit. I'll show you. Watch. John 20. Look at it. I talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. Let's do it again. When it was evening, on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. This verse here indicates to us that it is taking place after the resurrection. Before the ascension, after the resurrection. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Y'all see that? Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Y'all see that? He breathed on them and said, 
Take this. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, a, wait, hold on. Wait, let's go back. Hold it. He breathed on them and said to them, what's the next word? Receive the Holy Spirit. Y'all see that? Look at the next verse. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins. Wait, let's go back one more time. Somebody catching it. Receive the Holy Spirit. Y'all see that? If you forgive. Let's go back one more time. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive. What you saying, Bishop? Notice the forgiving is after the receiving. I can't do 23 without 22. I need the Holy Ghost to do this verse. I'm having so much struggle with forgiving people. I know. Because 22, you was too intellectual for that verse. You wasn't doing all that. That word receive literally, literally means take hold of, accept. I mean, go get. It's a decision, y'all. Receive it. Go get it. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They'll be filled. I got to be hungry. Now, I know. Some of you right now looking at me, I'm saved. Got everything I need. Praise the Lord. But I'd like to quote Derek Prince. Not young Prince, old Prince. Listen to what I'm about to say. Derek Prince said it so eloquently. Listen to me. He said, with salvation, you get life. With the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, you get power. One more time. With salvation, you get life. With the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, you get power. If you stop short, I'm not saying you ain't saved, but you don't have power. With salvation, you get life. Thank you, Jesus. But there's some stuff that you're going to go through on this earth right now that you're not equipped to handle because you wasn't trying to do all that. That was too much. Them folk over there crazy. That's how I was brought up. Them folk over there crazy. Don't, be, don't you be doing all of that shouting and jumping and tongue talking and hand laying and should do all that. Them folk, something wrong with them. But here's the thing. Yes, it can be faked. Yes, it can be illegitimate. But you know when it's for real. Matter of fact, let me, let me show you what Jesus said. Look at John 10.10. 10. The thief comes, watch it, only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he said, right? I came that they might have what? And have it. What does it refer to? How? That's the next word. 
wait a minute, I come that you might have life and have it, the life, abundantly. Jesus right there is showing you, listen, I came to give you life saved, but I don't want you to stop at life. I want you to have life abundantly, power. I'm trying to get somebody to quit stopping short. See, you like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I made it. Don't you want to thrive? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. I'm just, I'm not, it ain't nothing wrong with being thankful for just enough. But that ain't what he died for. He didn't die for just enough. He died for abundantly, above all that you could ask or think. I came that you might have life and have it how? So if he want me to have abundant life, why do I keep settling for a non-abundant life? Huh? Heard a bishop say the other day, he says, listen, if we quoting all these verses and praying all these prayers and going to all these conferences, the world would think that you would be living this stuff at a high level. Oh, it's uncomfortable in here. At some point, you got to see it in you. At some point, I need to look like I believe it. I need to walk like I believe Somebody ought to be able to see what the Holy Ghost does that is different than their life without the Holy Ghost. I'm going to go another way. If my life don't look no better than a person's life who say they don't need the Holy Ghost, why do they want it? If every time you're around non-believers and their life seem better than yours, why in the world would they want what you say is so precious? Yeah, but they make more money than me. See, that's the problem of the church. The Holy Ghost ain't about money. It's about joy. The Holy Ghost ain't about money. It's about peace. The Holy Ghost ain't about money. It's about power. It's about my ability to be able to stick on in there when anybody else would be, be giving up by now. It's about my ability to be able to smile when everybody else ain't smiling because even a rich man going to get nervous when the stock market crash. Okay, how much money you got? Huh? But when you got something in you, the Bible said there should be a difference. We complain more than the world. The divorce rate is higher in the church than in the world. Huh? We're more negative than the world. At some point, the Holy Ghost ought to change you. And here's the thing, people of God. Some of us who say we got the Holy Ghost, don't. You stop short. You got Jesus, but you ain't got power. You got life, but you don't have abundance. Here's the thing, y'all. Can I go further? Y'all okay? Even Jesus knew in John, when, when we just read a second ago, in John 20, where he told them, receive the Spirit, right? Right? We just read it, right? He knew that the breath he put on them wasn't all he had for them, even then. Wait a minute. Why you say that? Because later on, he said, go tarry in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Wait a minute. I don't understand, Bishop. Even after he breathed on them, he said, I got some more to give you. Somebody say, don't stop short. 
even after he breathed on him, he said, I got some more even than that. Can y'all imagine how they felt right then? See, watch. When they was walking with Jesus, they said, oh, man, this is awesome. We walk with the Savior. We get to see him do all of these great things. Then he sent them out, and they came back one day, and they said, guess what? Guess what, Jesus? What? Even the demon's been obeying us. It's amazing out here. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got more than that. And then all of a sudden, he breathes on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And he's like, I got more than that. Go tarry. I'll give you power from on high. I'm about to say something to you that's going to be uncomfortable to some. There's only one instruction to tarry and only one moment of tarrying in the whole scripture for the Holy Ghost. After they tarried once, you never see anybody else in the New Testament church ever tarry again for the Holy Ghost. They just went and got it. There was a tarrying in the upper room. Once the tarrying in the upper room took place once, everything else was through transfer. We got people tarrying for something to fall when it's already fallen. Never mind. Oh, go look for it. Nowhere else do you see, go tarry. Because they had already tarried. Amen, two people. Now, let me take you a step further. In between John 20 and Acts 2, listen to me, nothing took place. Wait a minute, what you mean, Bishop? No signs, no wonders, no miracles at the hand of any of the disciples. Watch it. In between John 20, receive the Holy Ghost, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they was having church. They were singing. They were praying. They were worshiping. But there was nothing being done. I don't get it. It sounds real familiar, don't it, y'all? Sound real familiar. When I read it, I said, well, look at that. That sound like church. Where we come together. Oh, somebody going to catch it. Sing. Pray. Worship. Nothing gets done. Few signs. Few wonders. Few miracles sprinkled around as moments of grace. We don't see the explosion of supernatural momentum until after the Holy Spirit was poured out. In between, receive the Holy Ghost and Acts 2, literally, there was just church. I would like to put before y'all, that's where many of us are stuck. You got, I receive it, Lord, but you haven't been immersed into it. I don't get it. You got to get the Holy Spirit in you. You can't stop short of, okay, I want it. Go get it. I'm looking at many of you who know what to do but won't do it. 
Know what to say and won't say it. Waiting on some feeling. Bishop, what does it feel like when the Holy Ghost comes? Sometimes nothing. What does it feel like when the baptism comes? Watch this. There was no feeling even in the upper room. It was a sound. Nowhere in the Bible does it say when the Holy Ghost came, everybody felt goosebumps. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and cloving tongues as a fire set upon them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. See, many of you have been feeling the sitting on you, but you didn't open your mouth to say. Every time you feel something that feels like pressure, every time you feel something that feels like weight, every time you call it a conviction, no, that's the Holy Ghost sitting down. You calling it feeling bad, no, that's the Holy Ghost sitting down. And he is waiting on each and every one of us to open our mouth and begin to flow with the anointing, with the word of the Lord. You waiting on all these goosebumps when you hear the sound of glory. I hear the sound. They said, wait a minute. It's a sound from heaven. How do they know what a sound from heaven is like? Because it don't sound like nothing from here. You know, see, this is another, help me, help me. This is another thing that we keep getting wrong. We're trying to make the church sound like the world. We're taking their songs. Huh? We're taking their thought processes, huh? And then we call it modernization. No, 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 I call it degradation. We got to get to what God said. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord. I change not. Why in the world are we trying to change him? I know why. Because when the Holy Ghost keeps sitting on your chest, when the Holy Ghost keeps sitting on your heart, you're like, oh God, how do I get this off of me? The only way to get it off of you is twofold. Either you can run away from it or you can let that thing flow out of your mouth. Let me tell you something. I never want to lose the feeling of God's weight. I never want to lose the feeling that God is right there on me. I never want to lose the feeling that he's sitting on my chest. I never want to walk away as if I'm walking alone. I want to feel him right there walking with me. I want to feel him tugging on me, tugging on my heart. I never want to feel like I'm by myself. And let me tell y'all something. When God loves you enough to sit down in your room, you ought to be willing to say, thank you, God. I know I feel the pressure. I know I feel the weight, but thank you for never leaving me. Thank you for loving me enough to chastise me. Thank you for sitting down in my life. We manufacturing moves with organs. We manufacturing moves with chords. Like, ooh, if you hit that one chord, church gonna go up. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. We done had too much going up, but he ain't came down. I need him to come down. I need him to come down. I need him to come down. We believe. Somebody said, Bishop, I believe. I didn't say nothing about your belief. You can believe and still not have it. I said, you stop short. Say, don't stop short. You stop short 
You stop right there at belief. Lord, I believe. He's like, okay, good. So get the power to manifest the belief. Did y'all hear that? I believe, Lord, I believe. I believe. Good, what's wonderful? Get the power that'll make the belief come to pass. Huh? I believe God can do it, but he ain't did it yet. That's because you won't do nothing. No, I'm waiting on the Lord. To wait on the Lord is a verb. There is still activity to take place during your waiting. If you want it all, let me show you how to get it all. Let me show you how to get it all. Number one, activation. Activation. Say activation. What do you mean by activation? There has to be a moment of instruction. The instruction can take place by itself or with the laying on of hands. Y'all hear me? I said activation. It can take place by itself or with the laying on of hands. Let me tell y'all something. Some of y'all caught it this morning and some of y'all didn't. But the woman of God came out the water with tongues. See, y'all play too much. That's the way it's supposed to work. I've been preaching it and teaching it all this time. And when she went down, oh, she came out with a different language. Let me tell y'all, see? Let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something. I know for a fact it wasn't no show because she was tearing all up up in here. She didn't care that y'all wasn't watching. She was all in the back and mother's trying to dry her off and she's still all down. So I'm right there with her encouraging. Go ahead, let that out your mouth. Because what has happened too much in the church is we have suppressed. When people had stuff coming out their mouth, we put a plug in their lips when God was trying to birth something out of their belly. I'm going to go further. I'm going to go further. I don't understand. I don't understand. Bishop, why you harping on all these tongues? Why you harping on all these tongues? See, 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 y'all think I'm harping on the tongue. I'm not harping on the tongue because the tongue really is an evidence. Not the evidence. It's an evidence. It is a seal. It is how, watch this. And watch this. Why in the world, if God gives me the native language of heaven, There's only two languages, according to scripture, in the world. Two, tongues of men, tongues of angels. Under the tongues of men, we have all of the dialects that we say. Spanish, English, German, Chinese, French. Those are tongues of men. But then there's the tongues of angels. Huh? The glossolalia, the ecstatic utterances that we see in the scripture. Are y'all with me in the world? So in, wait a minute, why in the world, if you give me the tongue of an angel, allow me to speak directly without translation? Would I close my mouth and say, I don't want that? No, please. Come on, no, 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 no. I want God to have full control of every part of me, including my mouth. I ain't doing that. That's cool. Jude says, build up yourself. 
I said Jude says, build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the holy God. Every time somebody asks me, they're going through. So you've been praying in the spirit? Well, no, not really. We really ain't got nothing else to talk about. Because you want me to give you natural instruction when you have bypassed the spiritual requirements. Activation. Now listen, can I teach some more? The Holy Spirit comes through baptism. Listen, you are to be baptized in the Spirit. There is the baptism of the Spirit. Three primary baptisms. Baptism into the body, baptism in water, baptism into the Spirit and fire. Are y'all with me here? You are to be baptized into the Spirit. But unlike the immersion of water, watch this, when the Spirit comes, it comes on you like a fountain. You step into the water. The Spirit pours down on you. Watch this. If you look at the text, when the Holy Spirit come, it would say it fell. Which means this. Listen to me. In order to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the question you must ask yourself is, what am I under? You want something, but what you submitted to ain't got it. See, somebody catching that. If I ain't under the fountain that has the Holy Spirit, y'all, you can't have it. Because the Holy Spirit ain't something I can step in. It's something I got to get immersed in this way. Even the apostles knew it. I'm going to show you. Because there were people who were believers sitting under people who could teach them, but they had to call some other apostles in to get the Spirit to fall. Let me call in people who are full to make this fountain flow. Because too many of us are trying to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit while still being unsubmitted. You can't be rebellious and filled. It is quiet in this here room. If you ain't under, it ain't pouring. This is why many of us can't receive it because watch this, you got 12 pastors. The 10 folk that you check everybody else's word through on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, amen, whoever you see on Sunday and whoever you visit on the phone or my last church, y'all, And you're trying to figure out, why can't I get it? Watch this. Anything that get cut that's not pure, not only does it lose value, but it might kill you. Y'all looking at me real funny. There are people, if you've ever known anybody that has a drug problem, there are people who literally died not because of the drug, but because the drug had been laced. 
there was something in it that took the purity away from it. Some of us, watch this, got so much coming into us, there's no pure line of any teaching. It's laced with 35 opinions. Now you just as confused. Amen. You, you, you Jewish, you're a black panther, you're a nation of Islam, you, you, you church of God in Christ, huh? You a five percenter, huh? You Pentecostal, apostolic, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic. You don't know what you are. And then you say, I want the Holy Spirit. And, the, and, the, and God is saying today, until you get under a pure fountain, a singular source that's trying to give you the word. Pastor asked me, he said, Bishop Lyons, he says, you said you pastor a non-denominational church. I said, yes, sir. He says, well, doesn't that mean that you have no doctrine? Who told you that? He said, well, I, I was told that all non-denominational churches didn't have doctrine. I said, here go my doctrine. I, I am sola scriptura. Y'all not in here. By scripture alone, the differentiating factor is this. If I can't find it in here, I ain't going with it. If it's in here, we roll with it. If it ain't in here, you can have it. Amen. Now, let me show you. Acts 8. Y'all learning? I'm trying to take my time. Look, somebody say activation. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, watch this, the apostles in where? Jerusalem, the apostles in where? Heard that. Okay, then it's two different places, right? But ye shall receive power, and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. So they heard the people in Samaria had received the word of God. They sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, watch this, that they may receive what? Now why would they do something like that? Because they're already believers, but they didn't have it all. Y'all hear me? They didn't have it all, for he had not yet, what's the next word? Come on now. He had not yet, not they had not yet stepped into it. He hadn't fallen yet upon any of them. They'd simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they're believers. They've been baptized. Watch. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving they were taking hold of. They was getting. They said, I want that. As a matter of fact, right after this, man of God said, wait a minute. If you can lay hands on people and they get that type of power, how much that costs? Literally, there's an activation here. They said, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. They was like, well, we done taught you. And we done baptized you, but you still ain't got it. Let's call for somebody with it. 
so it can fall. Here's the next issue, y'all. Many of our churches got too much ego. We won't tell the truth. I thank God. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. But watch this. If I didn't have it, I need to call somebody in. Not having the Holy Spirit wouldn't make me a bad teacher. Listen. We could be having church, baptizing people, instruction could be going forth, people could be getting saved, but there would be no power in the house. So you cannot judge the growth of a church with the presence of the Holy Ghost. Because you can have great instruction and no manifestation. Our theme for the year is, I want to see it. Our theme for the year wasn't exponential growth. Our prayer for the year wasn't God fill every pew. My prayer is, I want to see it. And the more I ask God, God, how do I see it? He says, well, everybody got to have the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, God, so we can do a Holy Spirit, like we can do a service. Do a service and invite people to receive the Holy Spirit. He said, no, don't do that. Why not, Lord? Because I need you to instruct them. Wait a minute. He said, that's the problem. We done done a whole lot of laying on of hands without giving people any foundations. These people were taught, baptized, then hands got laid. And the Holy Spirit fell. Do y'all see that? I really want y'all to ask yourself the question, what am I under? What am I under? Matter of fact, look at this one. Look at Acts 10. I run real fast. I run quickly through this because I'm almost out of time and I'm only getting through activation. Help me. Lord have mercy. Peter, let me give you context and I can skip through some of these verses. Peter was about to go to Cornelius' house. Cornelius was not a Jew. Peter wasn't trying to go. As a Jew, he wasn't supposed to step foot in the house. Cornelius sends for him. The Lord shows him a dream. You better go see Cornelius. By the time I get to 34, Peter about to start preaching in Cornelius' house, the place he didn't want to go with the people who should have made him unclean. I'm going to say something. It's a sad day when, watch this, the world will catch the Holy Ghost, be filled with the Holy Ghost quicker than some people been in church all their life. We can literally take people full of the Holy Spirit, go to, watch this, wherever there is a group that does not believe in the Lord, and if we preach to them, teach them the gospel, give them the truth, and lay hands, they would receive. We too intellectual. We done been in church too long, Elder Deborah. But look what he said. I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel preaching through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Now look at Peter. He's preaching the gospel. 
You yourselves know that the thing which took place through all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed, he about to give him Jesus. Look, you know Jesus. He went right on past the baptism of John, getting him to the baptism of Jesus. How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing. What's the next word? All who were oppressed by the devil. Why? For God was, y'all, you know Jesus. I want y'all, Lord, I'm trying, y'all. Look at 37. You yourselves know the thing which took place through all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. He's like, let me, let me push past that because the baptism of John ain't going to give you what I need. You know Jesus? Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Life and power. The Holy Spirit of life and power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? For God was with him. We are witnesses of all things. He did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. Come on, clicker. Do your job. Thank you. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. That is to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. He ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as the judge of the living and the dead. Watch this. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name everyone, everyone who believes in him, everyone, stop being, stop being so uppity, everyone, just like the Lord forgave you, Huh? Looking down your face at people, forgetting how good Jesus been to you. Now here's where it get good. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit did what? Trying to show y'all. He didn't even ask him. Matter of fact, this is an instance where he didn't even need to lay hands. He's preaching, and the Holy Spirit was like, boom. Watch this. But he didn't fall on everybody. He fell on the ones listening. See, during, during this message that I've been preaching, I've been watching the weight on you, and some of y'all be like, okay. Now, right then, when he fall, open your mouth. Excuse me? Excuse me? See, that's, that's what's wrong with us. When he falls. See, we want church to fit in this nice little neat box. But sometimes deliverance don't come in a nice little neat box. Sometimes you need God to break out. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter, look, were amazed. Oh, I love it. I'll give it to you in 2020 language. All the super uppity Jesus people who didn't believe that the Lord could work with all of those poor Gentiles who wasn't as Jewish as them, they sit up there like, Look at what they said. Because the gifts of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. They thought, okay, y'all. They thought, Ganey, that they had something that everybody else couldn't get. 
That's what's wrong with many of us. You think that you got something that can't nobody else have. No, Jesus died for everybody. He died for everybody to receive. You ain't got nothing special, but what you do have, you should be giving to somebody else. What you do have, you should be pouring out on somebody else. And here it is. We are, many of us, just like the super uppity Christian people that was with Peter. Hey, right, wait. They getting the Holy Ghost like us. That's the same Holy Ghost we got. Jesus, Jesus worked for them too. You mean to tell me that God can move outside of our church service? It's Monday. Thought we was going to have to wait till at least Wednesday. For they were all hearing them speak with tongues. Okay, okay, okay. I'll go back. I'm, I'm going to be done. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out, right, fallen, poured out on the Gentiles also. Well, how did they know that the Holy Spirit had been poured out? For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and tongues and exalting God. Tongues and not just tongues, not just exalting. Tongues and exalt. Then Peter answered, look what you say, Peter. Surely. No one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Do y'all see this? Bishop, what are you trying to get us to do? Receive. Take hold. Stop waiting on it to feel like shivers going through your spine. Go get it. Amen. I'll tell y'all this, and I'm going to pray. I'm, I am. I'm going to stop right here. Listen to me real close. Listen to me real close. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I treated it like a private matter. You pinched that baby. I treated it like a private matter. A matter between me and God. I treated it like, you know, can't nobody know what has happened to me because you might throw me out of, you know, your good graces. It was a private matter. It was between me and the Lord. And the Lord was like, what you ashamed of? And then, you know, I got intellectual. I know y'all ain't never done it. I got intellectual. Start talking about, you know, well, Paul taught that, you know, if, if they come into an assembly and there are tongues, there has to be an interpreter. Because, you know, people will think you crazy. That's what Paul said. Tongue of the unlearned. So the Lord responded, first of all, that's how the Lord talked to me, y'all. 
First of all, Paul was talking to a group of people who would stand up in the middle of church and just start yelling out in tongues. Secondly, second of all, number two, if you're in a room full of people who have it, Okay, I'll give it to you another way. Y'all know I was in the Dominican, right? In my cabin, in my cabin, there were a couple of Dominicans who spoke English. So anytime they would speak Spanish, they would translate because there were English speakers in the room. But in the cabin next door, no English speakers in there. No need for translation. I heard no English coming out of that cabin at no time. Because everybody in that house all had the language. What we translating for? Here's what I've even come to recognize if you say you full of the Holy Ghost but look down your nose on me when you hear me praying in tongues maybe it's because you don't really have what you say you have because why would you feel some type of way about me praying in the spirit if you know the same language I know join along let us pray in the spirit together Paul said it like this I pray in the spirit more than all y'all. That's what I'm serious. Go read it. He said, I pray in the spirit more than all y'all. He said, I really do. I pray in the spirit and I pray in the understanding. I sing in the spirit and I sing in the understanding. But bishop, 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 when I'm praying in the spirit, I don't know what I'm writing. Come on, Paul, tell us about that. He said, when you pray in the spirit, your understanding is unfruitful. In other words, stay out of it. I ain't doing all of that. That's fine. No problem. No problem. You can be a believer, but you just stop short. If I got $100,000 on the table, you are not going to come get $100 when the whole 100000 is yours. If $100,000 is on the table and it's all yours, Nobody's going to come to the table, grab a $100 bill and say, that's all I want. Nobody's going to be like, that's all I want. Go ahead, keep the rest. It's fine. Just, just keep the rest. No. If it's $100,000 on the table, you coming in like. So why when the Lord offers you life and power, do you only want the life without the power? I'm trying to come to the table. I don't know what I'm going to need this power for yet, but I'm going to go ahead on. 
I'll give it to you one more way. I'm going to pray. Listen, what if it's $5 million on the table? Because some of us right now, $100,000, you take student loans, you might actually have $100,000 worth of debt. No, for real, legit. But if it's $5 million, let's make it real good, $100 million. You ain't got $100 million worth of debt, which means everything on the table is actually more than what you can currently use. After you've paid all your debt, you'd still have something left over. You still ain't going to leave no money on the table. <laughs> if it's $100 million on the table and you only got $500,000 worth of debt, I guarantee you, you're going to still take the $100 million. If your name is on all of it, guess how much of it I want? Even if I don't know what I'm going to need it for. Oh, no. But let me go and get that. Something might come up. I might see something right quick that I'm going to need to do. See, y'all y'all not in here. See, many of us, when you, get, when you came to Jesus, when you came to Jesus, you couldn't see why you would need to lay hands on the sick because wasn't nobody sick. When you came to Jesus, you didn't know why you was going to need to do all of these manner of prayer. You didn't know that you was going to need to pray for your child. You didn't have kids yet. You didn't know you was going to need to pray for your mother because your mother was still young and strong. You didn't know you was going to have to pray for your own body because you was feeling real good. You was only 20. But oh, as things change, in your life. Now all of a sudden he's like, you know the power you left on the table? It was for this. You know the power that you didn't need? It was for your child. You know the power that you didn't think you need? It was for your job. You know the power that you didn't think you need? It was for this diagnosis. And I am speaking to somebody in this room. Get it all! I mean all of it. Everything you got for me. I want power that I don't even know I need yet. Huh? We had a little church in Trotwood. Little bitty building. The police used to sit outside because we'd fog up the windows praising the Lord. It's 2,500 square feet. When we bought it, we first were in there. The original design of the building was a 7-Eleven. That's what it was originally made to be, a 7-Eleven. So they had power for days in there. The whole back wall had all these great big old huge power panels because the 7-Eleven needed enough power for all them coolers. So I remember going in and all this power was in there. Matter of fact, Hayes came. And he's looking, he said, man, you got more power than you even need. He said, watch this. The bill probably going to be a little high with all this power. What you think you got? Leave it. Y'all, y'all. I might not need it now. I'm willing to pay a higher bill. For potential. Man, I almost had a fit. Did y'all hear what I just said? 
See, you sit up there minimizing because you don't want to pay the cost. Lord, if I take everything on the table, $100 million is taxed at the rate of $100 million. Watch this. That's more tax than I ever paid, but that's more money than you ever had. So you're going to leave the money on the table because you don't want to handle the tax? Man, you better go and pay that tax rate and be blessed.